Our current history episode this week is about a poor boy who grew up to become a dictator. I, I mean, president. This is one sneaky fella, and his history is as jumbled as a fishbowl of keys after a party. Let's get to our lesson and suck the venom out of the holes of his history today on Rotten to the Core. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the most rotten one of all? Hi, hello, and howdy, my darlings. It's me, your not-so-evil queen, Joshua Waters, and welcome to my little den of iniquity. The first wave of that cool fall air has finally came to my sleepy little village, and the smell of everything rotten is in the air. Rotten leaves, rotten pumpkins, and rotten people. That good old rotten stank. I know it so well. Our lesson for today is about a small boy who grew up to rule the largest country in the world. Many stories have been fabricated about his life, but I wanted to know the truth about Vladimir Putin. To get to the core of how he became so stinking rotten. Let's take a bite out of his history and see if we can better understand the reasons he rose to supreme power and why he remains there to this day. I'll start with a quote from the man himself that I find quite ironic. Those who fight corruption should be clean themselves. Funny words from a man who is literally the definition of corruption. Lies, cover-ups, conning, and even murder are all tools that old Vlad has in his arsenal. He seems to prefer his people's fear of him over their love and fearful they should rightfully be. Anyone who gets in his way is eventually removed from living. And yet, he walks away scot-free. But we can still see all that blood on his hands. Now, Putin's origin was hard to pinpoint as his story has changed frequently over the years. Some say that he was born on October 7, 1952, in what is now St. Petersburg, Russia, but it was called Leningrad when he was born. And unbeknownst to me until just now, but I am recording this on his birthday. Already early on, there are conflicting stories about his birth. Some say he was born in Leningrad as the only child of his parents, Vladimir and Maria Putin. I also found that he was the youngest of three children, but that article also says that both of his older brothers died as children from various causes. I also found evidence of a cover-up about his childhood that, if true, would make Vladimir Georgian instead of Russian. The evidence for that was on video and was of a Russian-Georgian woman named Vera Putina, who was interviewed on camera. She was 73 at the time of the interview, and in it, she tells the interviewer that she had a son in 1950 who was born out of wedlock and that he never knew his real father. Her son's name was Vladimir Putin, and she goes on to say that she married a man who didn't get along with her son and that her son loved judo. 
which is a well-known hobby of the grown President Vladimir to this day. He is even a black belt level in the sport. Is that a sport? I'm going to call it a sport. She says that her new husband and her son didn't get along very well. So much so that eventually she had to send him away to live with her sickly parents. Until he had to go live with foster parents also in Leningrad. There is documentation of a boy named Vladimir Putin who attended a nearby school at that same time, and even interviews with locals who remember him. Putin himself says that he knows much more about his father than he does his own mother, and his own recollection of his childhood begins at the time Putina says her son went to live with foster parents, who some believe are who Vladimir claims are his real parents. Putina also agreed to do a blood test, but wouldn't you know it, those results have never been released. There were even two oil executives who were flying to go see the video for themselves, but their plane mysteriously malfunctioned and they both died as a result. You'll quickly notice a trend that when people dig too deep into Putin's past, they usually end up digging their own graves as well. Putina is quoted in the video saying, He still carries my last name, but he doesn't recognize me as his mother. That's the reason people from the KBG came here to my house. They took all of the family photos and admonished me that I was not allowed to tell anyone about him. By Putin's account, his father was wounded in World War II and his mother worked several odd jobs to put food on the table. They lived in a room inside a rundown apartment that they also shared with two other families. Due to the conditions of the apartment and the number of people living in it, they were always short on food and hot water, and there was also no heat in the apartment. His parents worked all the time, so young Vladimir was left to his own devices most of the time. That's also when he says he began to get bullied in his neighborhood and how to learn how to protect himself, which is when he began to learn judo. In 1975, Putin graduated from Leningrad University with a degree in law. That same year, he joined the KGB Foreign Intelligence Service. He did attempt to join before, but he was only 17 at his first attempt, and they told him to come back when he was older. Well, while working for the KGB, at least what is documented, He served in Dresden, East Germany, using a cover identity as a translator. While posted in Dresden, Putin worked as one of the KGB's liaison officers to the Stasi secret police and reportedly got promoted to lieutenant colonel. Again, that is what is documented. I'm sure there aren't many public records as to all the comings and goings of the Russian intelligence agency. He also got married in 1985 while working for the KGB, and the couple ended up having two girls. Now, he does not speak about his daughters often, and it is believed that he has another one with his girlfriend, and yet another with a mistress. But good luck trying to pry open that can of worms. In 1991, when the Soviet Union was dissolved into 15 new countries... Putin saw it as a loss for Russia and over 2 million square miles of territory. One of those countries is Ukraine, which 
is a big reason why Putin invaded them in 2022. Talk about holding a grudge. After the Soviet Union was dissolved, the new president of Russia, Boris Yeltsin, was faced with a lot of scrutiny and dislike, particularly for his cooperation with the West, a.k.a. here in the U.S., Boris was seen as an alcoholic embarrassment and relied heavily on Russian oligarchs, who are a handful of the nation's wealthiest men and were given a huge amount of political power by Boris. This is also the same time where Putin began his political career. In 1991, he left the KGB and became a deputy mayor of St. Petersburg, Russia. He used his position to give special treatment to friends and allies in the private sector. It is also believed that he allowed crime organizations to create monopolies, worked with those same crime organizations to regulate the gambling industry, dabbled in money laundering, gave city funds to friends, and even used city funds for unauthorized purchases. A real mayor of the people. He had surrounded himself with a posse of wealthy oligarchs, crime bosses, corrupt politicians, and Russian security officers. Do you see now how he gained and remained in power for so long? By 1999, Boris Yeltsin appointed Putin as the new prime minister of Russia, which is a really short time to go from a new political career, starting as a deputy mayor, to now a prime minister. Just saying. Usually, to rise up that fast, you either have to know powerful people or blow powerful people. I want to say Putin, he did both. That's just my guess, though, but don't his lips look real chapped? Putin's goal as PM was to build and reinforce a strong Russian state, and he wasn't a fan of Boris and his friendliness towards the U.S. and NATO. He was afraid NATO would expand into the newly liberated countries that surrounded Russia. Not long after he was made prime minister in August of 1999, three Russian apartment buildings were bombed and over 300 people were killed. It was believed that terrorists from the bordering country Chechnya were the culprits, and Putin took to the media to condemn them, calling them worse than animals and said that he would avenge Mother Russia. Well, after that, his approval rating skyrocketed from only 2% before the bombings to 45% after. It was then that journalists uncovered evidence that Russia's security services were actually involved. All those allegations were quickly squashed, and Russia attacked Chechnya and bombed the hell out of their capital city. Close to 80,000 people died in the attacks, and Chechnya fell back under Russian control. All in less than a year. Hmm. Doesn't that sound an awful like what he's trying to do in Ukraine? In December of 1999, the same year he became prime minister, Putin got yet another rise to his station. President Yeltsin suddenly resigned because of too many problems and made Putin act in president. The following May, at the end of a corrupt election, Putin was voted president and begins to shape his country to fit his vision. 
using corruption to achieve that vision. His tactics were somewhat simple. Those who supported him are rewarded, and those who don't are eliminated. Either by their lives, their money, or they were just sent to prison on trumped-up charges. When he was first elected president, the Russian constitution stated that a person could only be president for two consecutive terms. So, after his first two terms, Putin handpicked his successor, Dmitry Medvedev, and Putin stepped down to his former role as prime minister. Although, I'm pretty sure that he was still pulling on all the strings. After that, in 2012, he ran for president again and won by a huge margin, 64% of the votes, with the second being only 17%. You might be asking, but Josh, 2012 was over a decade ago. How can he still be president? Well, he changed the literal Russian constitution with amendments that include sweeping changes to the constitution, including allowing Putin to run again for two more six-year presidential terms and enshrining social measures on pension and the welfare state, as well as conservative ones such as constitutionally banning same-sex marriage, ensuring patriotic education in schools, and placing the Constitution above international laws. You can tell that he had a lot of powerful friends just solely on the fact that any of that was even permitted. And Putin also had the media on his side. When he first became president, he kept all news outlets under his thumb. He turned them all into state-owned propaganda tools and decided what stories were aired and how. They all also made sure that Putin was made out to be a strong Russian leader. Along with the media and the military, Putin also created one of the most powerful cyber-hacking organizations in the world, which he liked to use to create conflict among his enemies. In 2015, the U.S. suspected him of hacking into the Pentagon computer network and even shutting down Georgia's internet while Russian troops invaded them. That's Georgia the country, not the state. The Russian hackers even tried to sabotage Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign by hacking into her emails in 2016. Remember that big old distraction tactic? It worked too, didn't it? On December 11, 2016, the late John McCain said that Putin was a thug, a murderer, and a killer, and a KGB agent, while on the show Face the Nation. Under Putin's rule, he has created a regime under which his opponents are murdered, political prisoners are sent to Siberia for decades behind bars, minority rights are suppressed, opposition is quashed, foreign territory is forcefully annexed, and Syria's bloodthirsty president Bashar Assad enjoys direct military support for all of his massacres. Putin was seeking to gain influence in the Middle East and supported the murderous regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad in what was then the deadliest war of the 21st century. Russia's military help was priceless, and Western powers and the UN accused the alliance of indiscriminately targeting civilians. In the siege and recapture of Aleppo by Assad and his allies, 
Reports from the ground indicated Syrian forces were slaughtering civilian families. Samantha Power, then the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., said Russia bore responsibility for the carnage, along with the Assad regime and Iran, asking, is there literally nothing that can shame you? Apparently not. He also expanded the definition of treason. Russia's new criminal code expands the definition of treason to turn virtually any government critic into a traitor. And there are some who even believe that Putin had a hand in the abomination that was our Cheeto president. Which, now that we know how Putin operates, I can see that one being pretty true. As Cheeto Lord also had similar corrupt strategies, and we all know that man was barely smart enough to breathe and blink at the same time. Even with the ongoing war with Ukraine and the sanctions put on Russia, he still remains in power. Somehow, people still support him, even though they are no better off than before. Ugh. When will the world stop letting rotten leaders rule over us? Especially all of these old men who are so afraid of change that they will murder and threaten anyone who goes against them. Vladimir Putin likes to portray an image of the Russian hero, big and strong and fearless. But... Based on his history and actions, I see him as nothing more than a scared and rotten old man who only remains in power due to his corrupt, powerful friends and fear tactics. Someone come get Papa before he blows up the planet. As for the people of Russia and Ukraine, I am sorry that this angry, scared old man has tormented and even killed so many of you. I hope in the future that you will all find peace and harmony, perhaps when Vladimir Putin is no longer tormenting you. I am not sure exactly how a poor boy could grow into such a rotten man. I myself grew up in poverty and even had a disabled father and a mother who worked most of the time. That, along with being bullied, I mean, I was a tall, chubby queer with C-cup titties by the time I was a freshman. But you don't see me creating a literal living hell for others. Be better, Putin, while you're still around to fix things. What do you all think about this lesson for today? I, for one, didn't know much about old Vladimir before I began researching. I cannot believe how difficult it was to get just one straight answer about his life. Every question I had was only met with more questions and more cover-ups. I mean, even his own childhood has multiple stories. I guess when you're a corrupt and evil dictator, you get to do things like... Create your own narrative. I do hope you found the history of Putin as eye-opening as I did, and I will talk at you all next week on our next lesson of Rotten to the Core. Don't forget, be happy, find peace, and don't hurt others. You know, the exact opposite of Vladimir Putin. 
If you enjoy Rotten to the Core, please follow me on Instagram or join me on Patreon. Both of those are at It's Rotten to the Core. You can also listen to me on my other podcast, Mystery Inc., which I do with my brother Shane, and we are doing now weekly. There is also our Facebook group called Shane and Josh's Rabbit Hole, where we will be interacting and having a plethora of extra fun, foul, mysterious, rotten, and all historical things a brewing. So please join us there and have a great week ahead, everyone. I'll talk at you next week. Bye.